praying for them. Uh, we're continuing our series here in Psalm, a book of Psalms this summer, and today we're in Psalm 84. Uh, the passage should be there printed in your bulletin. Uh, just a couple of words of introductions before we, before we read this. Uh, first, if you didn't know, Psalms just means song, just a song. So what we're reading, what we're preaching through are uh, song lyrics that are inspired by God. God loves music. He invented it, and he wants us to sing. One of the reasons he wants us to sing these lyrics over and over is to get it deep down into our heart. Uh, when we sing, it, it helps us to internalize, to believe, uh, to understand the truth in a, in a new way. And so God uh, didn't just give us stories, he gave us songs. Uh, Today, we're looking at Psalm 84, and if you look there, there's a heading. It says, to the choir master. Uh, First, to the choir master, it tells us um, this was meant to be sung by the congregation of Israel. And actually, this this song, we will sing sort of a modern version of it as our closing song today. Uh, That song is called Better is One Day. Uh, Then it says, according to the Giddith. And that's just some kind of musical term. It means like, hey, sing it to this melody. And we don't know what that melody was, but he's, he's saying, hey, I want it to be put to this type of music. <clears throat> and then it tells us the author uh, of the sons of Korah. And that was a clan, a Levite clan. And so there we get uh, that it's meant to be sung in worship. It's meant to be put to a certain melody and who it's by, uh, the human author. And so let's read this. This is... Um, Again, Psalm 84, we'll be looking at the whole thing. This is God's Word. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in You. This is God's Word. Let me pray. Uh, Lord, thank You for Your Word. 
Uh, thank you. you. You understand us better than we understand ourselves, and so you give us music to sing, songs to sing, uh, that we might uh, internalize these truths, that we might uh, long to be in your presence. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray now that as we uh, look at this passage, that you would um, drive away distractions, that we would uh, be attentive to your word. Uh, Lord, we need ears to hear. Without that, we, um, these words will fall on deaf ears. And so we pray for humble hearts, and would you give me words to speak uh, that are true and in line with your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When was a time that you were homesick? Uh, for me, when I, when I think of homesickness, one of the first things that comes to mind is I was in like second or third grade, and I had my first ever sleepover at a friend's house. And kids, you've, maybe you've had this experience if you've, if you've slept over at a friend's house. Uh, I was in elementary school. It was me and two of my best friends, and we were excited. I was really excited to go to my friend's house, spend the night there. We had snacks and video games. We were going to stay up late, you know, playing video games. Uh, but, but pretty quickly there, the, uh, the excitement started to wear off for me. I had not been away from my mommy much at that age. And uh, their house was not my house. They had a scary dog. It had different smells. It had different sounds. It was kind of dark. <clears throat> and that night, I remember going to bed. I was sleeping on the floor, and I could barely sleep. And every noise, I was like, what's that noise? And the next morning, I woke up, finally got a little bit of sleep. I woke up, and I had a crick in my neck. And this is the first time it ever happened to me as a kid. And I was like, I'm, I'm in mortal danger. Something is really wrong with me. I cannot move my head. Um, but finally, morning comes, and, and we go to eat breakfast. And I'm like, I want my Honey Nut Cheerios. Where are my Honey Nut Cheerios? I don't know what you guys are eating, but it's not my Honey Nut Cheerios. And finally, I just went, went to my friend's mom, and I said, look, I, I want to go home. Can you call my mom? I'm, I'm homesick. I don't like this anymore. This is not fun. I'm ready to go home. <clears throat> uh, in, in our passage today, Psalm 84, the psalmist is homesick. And, he, and he's homesick for the temple of God where God's presence, His special presence dwells. He longs to be there because he knows that is where he belongs. That's where he's meant to be. You may today feel like the psalmist. Like you, you are not where you belong. Or you're not sure where you belong. We, we all long for a place where we can be fully known and fully loved where we can be safe and secure, like the bird that he describes. And so we wonder, is there anywhere, is there anywhere in this life, in this world, where we are home, where we actually belong? As Christians, is there anywhere in this world where we belong? And the answer is yes, sort of. Yes, there is somewhere where we belong. And this brings us uh, to point one. You see an outline there in your bulletin. Uh, uh, there's four points today. And the first point is that we, we, um, 
It's only in the Spirit, only when we walk by the Spirit, that we are at home. And let me, let me explain what I mean. Let's start by looking at verses 2 and 3 there. The psalmist says, My soul longs, yes, faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. The psalmist, he longs to be at the temple, not not because the temple is such a beautiful place, although it is, but because that's where God's presence is. That's where his special presence is. That's where they go to worship God, to offer sacrifices as Old Testament Jews. He goes on. He says, even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. He's, he's looking at these birds who've, who've made their nests in the temple courts, and he's, he's envying them. He's like, I want to be like them. I want to live day in and day out in the presence of God. And as Christians, just like the psalmist, we are only at home. We are only truly at home in God's presence. Uh, but, but let's fast forward from the Old Testament period to now, today. Uh, God's presence is no longer bound to a particular place, to a particular building. So let's, let's think through this. Uh, when, when Jesus died on the cross, you remember the, the curtain that divided the holy of, the whole, holy of holies from the rest of the world was torn and as that curtain was torn, it was symbolizing to us that the presence of God had been unleashed. And then at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. This is uh, in the book of Acts. And now every born-again Christian is filled with the Spirit of God. So what this means is we no longer go to a temple. If you've wondered, why don't we all, like this Jew, make a pilgrimage uh, to a temple to worship? Why don't we do that? This is why. The curtain was torn, and, and at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured, at, poured out, and He now dwells in His people. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says it this way, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? So what this means is, If you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Him, this is really good news. The Spirit of the living God has made His home in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You are filled with the Spirit of God. And this is whether whether we... um, think about it or not, if we forget it or not, this is a fact, this is a theological reality for Christians. Sometimes we forget it. And so what this means is God no longer dwells in a building, He dwells in His people. He dwells in His people. And we no longer go to the temple, we are the temple. God dwells in us. But our problem, as we look at our passage today, the problem is that that we forget this. And we live, we live as if God does not dwell in us. We revert back to being uh, slaves to our own flesh, our own sin. And we live, as the Bible describes it, uh, we walk in the flesh and not 
in the Spirit. And when we do this, we're, we're wrongly thinking that our true home, where we really belong, is not uh, walking in the Spirit, but we, we wrongly think that our true home is back to where we used to be, back walking in our flesh. Galatians 5, 19 uh, in the following verses talk, talk about this, uh, this battle that's going on inside of us. Paul says this, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Christian, God has designed you in such a way that you will only feel at home when you walk in the Spirit. God has designed you to walk in the Spirit. That is where you belong, not in the flesh. As I think, think back on the last five years or so, um, thinking specifically about walking in the Spirit, I, I'm convinced that the COVID pandemic has been a great temptation for all of God's people to walk in the flesh. A great temptation. For me personally, this has been true. Um, there's been many of these things, divisions, dissension, rivalry, uh, the isolation, the anger at injustice, the the um, enmity between uh, us and other, other men. It's, it's left us walking in the flesh. It's been a great temptation for us to walk in the flesh, and for many of us, we have given into that. And now we, we no longer walk in the Spirit, but we've forgotten that God's Spirit lives in us. And so I say, Christians, it's, it's time to embrace God's presence again. He lives in His people. He lives in you. And so we need to to get back to where we belong, walking by the Spirit. So the next three points in your outline, you'll see we're going to be answering uh, this question, what is it like to walk in the Spirit? What is it like to be where you belong? We've seen that we are truly at home only when we walk in the Spirit. And to say it another way, what this psalmist has, what this psalmist longs for, I'm sorry, what he longs for, as a Christian, you have now. The presence of God. We have the very presence of God everywhere we go. So, what is it like to walk in the presence of God? Uh, Point two. In the Spirit you feel God's smile. We see this in verses, well really we see it throughout the psalm, but specifically in verses 11 and 12. He says this, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in You. 
the psalmist feels at home in God's presence uh, because as soon as he walks through the doors of God's house, boom, he's, he feels God's smiling face on him. He, he feels that God is pleased with him. He describes God, you see it there, it says, as a son. He describes him as a son. And, and what's, carried, what's carried on the rays of God's sunshine? He says, the Lord bestows favor and honor. This could also be translated grace and glory. The Lord bestows grace and glory and favor and honor. When he walks through into the temple courts, he, he is stamped with God's seal of approval. And he senses that and he, he feels God's smiling face. And not only is he approved, but, but God bestows honor a special honor on him. In contrast, when we walk around in the flesh, where we're, we're following the flesh, we walk around ashamed of who we are and what we've done, and we feel like God's disappointed in us. We just have this general sense, God is looking at you and He's not happy with you. That's what it feels like to walk in the flesh. So, so what is... What does this look like, or how can we illustrate this idea of God smiling on us? Um, did, did you ever have the honor of riding on your dad's shoulders as a kid? You ever have that honor? One of my favorite things to do as a dad is to take my daughter, take my son, and put them on my shoulders. I get to be close to them, I get to keep them safe. I get to show them off to the whole world. It's a beautiful picture of the way God looks at us. There's a poem uh, that I came across this week uh, by a woman named Lisa Lashaw, and, and it's called Atop My Daddy's Shoulders. And she, she, she thinks about this, this special seat of honor being atop her daddy's shoulders. So listen to this. Atop my daddy's shoulders, the world seemed vast, endless, limitless. I could see the treetops, the tops of heads. I could nearly touch the clouds. It was my best, most favorite place in the whole world to be sitting. My hands cupped safely around his chin. My knees gripped tightly in his rugged arms. I felt protected, strong, and invincible. I was aboard the shoulders of my hero. Many years later, or she goes on to say, many years later I watched my daughter being scooped up and placed in my prior seat of honor. I knew exactly how she felt seated upon those shoulders. I have never found a place as safe, nor more perfect, nor do I expect I ever will. There, there is a place that's more perfect than this, and it is on the shoulders of your heavenly Father. Uh, not only feeling His smile, but receiving the honor that it is to sit on His shoulders, to be propped up by God. If you're here today and you're a Christian, you need to understand God does not want to hide you in a corner. He is not ashamed of His people. He wants 
to bestow his favor and honor on you. He wants to put you on his shoulders and walk around and say, look, look, this is my daughter. Look, this is my son. Our home, where we belong as Christians, is not tucked away in a corner, ashamed. It is in the seat of honor. And as as you walk in the Spirit, clinging to God's promises, with His face smiling down on you, that is where you belong. That is where you belong. Let's look now at point three. As a Christian, we're answering this question, as a Christian, what is it like to walk in the Spirit where you belong? In the Spirit, you are strong. Let me explain what I mean. Let's look at verses 5-7. through Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. So here, the psalmist is is picturing God's people and himself making this journey from wherever they live in Israel to the temple. And, and as they go on this journey, they have to pass through this place called the Valley of Baca. And we don't know where this is. We don't know exactly um, what he's talking about. But what we do know is that it's, it's a sad place. It's a dry place. It's a difficult place to be. It's desolate and sad. And yet, he says that those who pass through it on the way to God's presence are happy and strong. They're blessed as they go. And they turn it. They turn this dry, sad place into a place of joy and singing, of streams. The metaphor he uses is it turns into an abundant place of streams. And he tells us they go from strength to strength. And all of them make it to the temple. All of them make it to Zion, where the temple is. So even though... They're experiencing this tough terrain. They're strengthened by their desire to be in God's presence. What kind of strength are we talking about here? Uh, Are we talking about a strength that comes from pulling yourself up uh, by your bootstraps? Sort of a a self-sufficient, like, I can do this. A man-up kind of strength? Is that what we're talking about? No, Uh, that would be just another form of walking in the flesh. That's the the self-sufficiency. The flesh says, you can do this on your own, you don't need God. That's what the flesh says. But he tells us, he says, blessed is the one who trusts in God. Or blessed are those whose strength is in you. Not in themselves, but in God. You see, The strength that the psalmist has is a strength that comes from dependence upon God. It's a strength that does not come from within, but from without. 
Let's think back to the metaphor of, of riding on your dad's shoulders. This is a good metaphor, actually, for, for this idea as well. <clears throat> you know, oftentimes, dads, you know, your kids, you're at, the, you're at the county fair, you're at something, and your kids, they start to get tired, and they start to get complainy. My knees hurt, my feet hurt, I'm tired of walking. You know, the, the reason why often the kids make it onto your shoulders is because they, they, they gave up. They got tired. They realized, I don't have what it takes to navigate this environment. I need help. The strength that comes from walking in the Spirit is, is strength that comes because our confidence is in God. Not in us. It's a confidence in God's strength. It's, it's not, I can navigate the county fair by myself. I'm not afraid of these big people. I, may, I only may be four years old, but I can do this. It's not that. It's, it's, Daddy, I need help. It's confidence in His grip on your ankles. Not on your strength to do it on your own. You know, as we look at this, I want you to be asking yourself, this question is, am I walking in the flesh? Have I been walking in the flesh? And, and if you are walking in the flesh, relying on your own strength, <clears throat> you, you have to realize it's your pride that keeps you there. You know, you, if you have kids, you've seen this exact thing in them. I don't need help. I don't need help. I can do it, Daddy. Well, you're, you're miserable. You're down there complaining nonstop. Like, why don't you just ask for help? We're, we're like this, though. We're, we insist. I can, I can nav- navigate the hustle and bustle of the county fair on my own. And when we do this, if this is you, you are probably exhausted. Life is exhausting. And you, and you won't make it through this, this valley of Baca on your own strength. If this is you, it's time to give up. It's time to give up. It's time to admit that you don't have what it takes. It's time to admit that you don't have what it takes to love your spouse the way God requires. It's time for you to admit that you don't have what it takes to parent your kids the way God requires. I could go on and on. It's, the point is, it's time to give up. You do not have what it takes to be a perfect man or a perfect woman. You don't have what it takes to fix the problems in your life. But thanks be to God, the Bible tells us that God's power is made perfect in weakness. And so instead, God, instead of insisting on navigating the county fair from ground level, he, he says, it's time, it's time for us to hold up our arms and say, Daddy, Daddy, I can't do this. I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready to ride on your shoulders. It's scary down here. I'm getting stepped on. I'm getting pushed around. I got lost. I'm ready to give up and be carried. Not by my own strength, but by your strength on your 
shoulders. So when I say, in the Spirit we are strong, what I mean is, on your Father's shoulders you are strong. Not at ground level. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, we're, we're glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. Have you been trying to be the person you ought to be? Let today be the day that you give up, give up that pipe dream, it was never going to happen. Admit that you do not have what it takes. Humble yourself, turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. He's the only one who has fulfilled what God requires. Trust in Him. Christians, like I said earlier, I'm convinced that COVID has been a great temptation for us to walk in the flesh. And so examine your life and see, have I been walking in the flesh? Have I slipped into a period of trusting in my own strength? The isolation, the fear, the, um, the lack of accountability... It's all been a great temptation to walk in the flesh. But it's time to come back. It's time to come back. To come back to the Spirit, to come back to the church, to come back to the dependence, the humility of walking with the Lord. To remember that we need help too. We're like everybody else in this world, maybe worse. We need help. This brings us to our final point. What is it like to walk in the Spirit uh, where you belong? We see in the Spirit you are satisfied. We, we see this throughout the psalm, but especially there in verses 10 and 11. He says, look there at verses 10 and 11, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. One day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. <clears throat> do you feel this way? Do, do you feel this way? A day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. At the end of the day, we, make, we all make the decisions we make because <clears throat> we think they will satisfy us. We think there is some happiness, some joy for us if we make whatever the decision is. And so the psalmist, he's, he's answering this question, will satisfaction come by, by gratifying the desires of the flesh or will it come by abiding in the presence of God? Will it come in the tents of wickedness or, or as a meager doorkeeper in God's house? He doesn't even get to go inside. He's, he's out there. Maybe he can hear the sermon a little bit. He can hear some people singing. He doesn't even get to come in, but he said, I'd rather be there than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. You know, three times in this passage, the psalmist says, Blessed. And this is the same word from Psalm 1. Blessed is the man 
who delights in God's law. It could also be translated, happy. Happy is the man. As Christians, we will feel most satisfied, most happy, when and only when we walk in dependence upon God. When we walk in the Spirit. Christian, where are you looking for satisfaction in this life? Where are you looking for happiness? If, if I could just get this one thing, I'd be happy. When I'm, when I'm financially stable, when my kids finally obey, then I'll be happy. No, the psalmist tells us our hearts, they're made to be happy as we walk by the Spirit. He's teaching us where satisfaction is to be found. The, the good life, the satisfied life, it's not about getting everything you ever wanted. It's about having God and walking with Him. If, if you've heard me share my testimony, you've probably um, heard me talk about my teenage years. And while I do think I was a sincere believer, I can look back and I can say, yeah, I was really walking in the flesh almost all of my teenage years. Uh, certainly there was times when I, when I trusted in God and I, I believed in Him, but I was, in large part, I was walking in the flesh. And as I look back on that time now, um, I, I, I did what I wanted to do, what my flesh wanted to do, I should say. I indulged many of the desires. Um, I relied on my own strength. I thought highly of myself. And yet as I look back on that time, I remember being miserable. I wasn't satisfied. I was restless. I had a, a low throb of guilt that followed me everywhere I went. God's Spirit was there reminding me, Brandon... This is not where you belong. You belong with me. You belong walking in the Spirit. You will never be happy here. You know, thinking, thinking back to that, that sleepover, that time I was homesick, um, I still remember, I still remember I, I had her call my mom. I said, hey, can, can you get her to come pick me up early? I just can't do it anymore. And I still remember when my mom pulled in the driveway and I was so relieved. Man, was I glad to see her. I was glad I got back to my own house. I was like, man, my bed. I just love my bed. I love it. I got to eat my Honey Nut Cheerios. I got to pet my own dog with its own weird smell. I was back where I belonged. There was was no amount of snacks in video games that were going to make me feel at home at that sleepover. So Christians, what I want you to take away from this message is very simple. It's this. One, you, you have what this psalmist longed for right now. You don't have it fully. That will be in the new heavens and the new earth. But you have it truly. You have the presence 
of God in you. You will no longer feel at home in the flesh. Where you belong, where God intends for you to be, where the joy is, where the fun is, where the delight is, where strength is, it will be found as you walk by the Spirit. So let's do that together. Let me pray. God, we confess that we are quick to walk in our flesh. And when we do that, Lord, the the words of the psalmist uh, feel foreign to us. We we um, We don't long for your dwelling place, Lord. We admit that. Lord, I pray, would you forgive us for walking in the flesh? Would you teach us the joy that it is to walk by your Spirit? To live life in constant dependence upon you and and, and, um, abiding in you. Jesus, would you help us to do that now? As As we go to sing, Lord, would you help us to truly depend on you to give up on our own strength and to find our joy, our delight, our belonging here in your Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name.